Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Guten Tag and welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn. Kind of a bigger edition because it's one interview. Martise Kimbrough from Lima Central Catholic played at Finley. Now he's playing overseas in Spain. Talks about all things of that and he talks about his basketball camp as well which by the way coming up on august 3rd and 4th you can find more information at martiskimbro.com but he uh, talks about all of that we get into some of his favorite games some of uh, the culture in spain some of the things that went on during the uh, opening of the coronavirus and it's a terrific conversation i'm really happy to be able to share with you and first time i've ever actually gotten to sit down and talk to him very bright young man and I enjoyed our conversation. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends in common. They told some great stories for me to use for him as well. But uh, I love the conversation. I hope that you will as well. Speaking of Lima Central Catholic, big basketball news for them in the last week. A uh, couple of episodes ago, we had Mike Pyatt, the Miami University Hamilton coach, on. He talked about his connection to Lima Central Catholic. And that's the well that he went to. Signing Jamison Bradley to come play at MUH and a good pickup for him. Big kid and is uh, able to try to mold him into a uh, terrific score down there. So congratulations to him on the uh, signing. And just yesterday, University of Northwestern Ohio and Lima got Biggs Johnson, the eighth all-time scorer in LCC history with close to 900 points, was an all-Ohio pick at D3 a year ago and Good signing for them, too, because uh, with all the things that they're doing, continuing to expand down there on Cable Road, uh, right down the street from Biggs Johnson, will bring a, a good crowd, terrific player. Loved watching him compete in high school and the handful of times that I got to do LCC games. Speaking of the college level, Ohio Northern and the Ohio Athletic Conference made news this week as they have said that due to the ongoing COVID crisis that they will not start the fall sports season until mid-September, and they're only going to play conference games in the fall sports. They'll play football, volleyball, and soccer against the OAC, which is based around Ohio, so that'll be easier, just uh, the news kind of coming out about that. And I don't know if this is going to be a trend, but Michigan, the state of Michigan, decided to talk about pushing back fall sports, and we've talked on the show, Jerry Snodgrass has been a part of this conversation about what would it be like in Ohio to flip the spring and the fall. Between July 20th and 25th, Michigan is going to have a conversation and they're going to announce whether they're going to flip the fall and the spring. The sports that are affected would be track and field, golf and tennis that would all move to the fall and that you would flip some other sports as well. But it's interesting to see how that turns out, if that's going to be something that becomes a trend or if it's just Michigan or even if Michigan will will decide to do it but a lot of folks on both sides of the aisles I think about exactly how they feel about that I just don't know for myself how exactly you get back on track because at some point someone has to suffer whether it be the winter in between the two or next spring with kids graduating and and everything like that somebody's going to lose out. I, I just, I don't know how that would work, but much smarter people than I are working on that. If you haven't seen the uh, TBT, the big basketball tournament 
in Columbus. One million dollars, winner take all. July fourth through the fourteenth, we are blessed in this area to have a handful of uh, kids from the area that have played high school basketball and uh, college basketball now playing in that tournament. Most notably, John Diebler and Aaron Kraft of Upper Sandusky and LB. Both playing for Carmen's crew, expected to be a uh, force to be dealing with for a lot of teams down there. I believe they got to the finals a year ago. St. Henry and University of Dayton's Ryan Mikesell playing for the Red Scare. Terrence Sullivan of Bath got perhaps the most interesting journey of anybody on there. He's now an alternate on the uh, Team D2 team because a player in front of him tested positive for COVID. Hopefully he gets to see some time and that the uh, young man is okay ahead of him. Uh, Luke Kanapke from Marion Local and the University of Toledo will play for Mid-American Unity. And Josh Bostick will play for Team Armored Athlete. So I hope all those guys do well. And it's a cool chance for uh, local kids to be able to showcase what they can do on a big stage. I believe all those games are on ESPN. And, And it's an interesting atmosphere, too, because I don't know if they're having people be a part of it or how that's going to work, but should make for good television. It usually does every July. Big congratulations to a couple of my friends in Grant Pepper and Aaron Gross. They were nominated, and I believe both finished second in their category in the Ohio Prep Sports Writers Association Awards. Two terrific writers. Got to know Grant when he was at Ohio Northern University when he was a player and uh, kind of talked to him when he went through their program, and uh, he's become a terrific writer. I hope you Look him up, and Aaron does a a masterful job with the Crescent News. So much so that it brings me to my next point. He found out a couple of days ago that Rafael Manriquez, the uh, girls basketball coach at Defiance, is going to go back to his alma mater. He is an ASL pilot. He's going to become the uh, new athletic director and the dean of students there. So shout out to Aaron for uh, putting that together, and shout out to Coach Rafi for... uh, getting back home, so to speak. Kind of a weird story in the local news scene that a couple of days ago, New Bremen put out a uh, set of tweets and Facebook posts that someone had gotten into the old gym and cut out the insignia on the, f- in the middle of the floor. Just took it with them. Uh... I, I don't understand why you would do that, honestly. Uh, it's a cool-looking floor, and the whole point was they were going to use it as a showcase, and I know that being from Spencerville, they have it. The old court is uh, featured on the wall in the new school right behind the, the back doors of the walk-in closet, but sad that uh, that had to happen. Luckily, somebody anonymously got a hold of the school or the police department of New Bremen, they were able to recover that piece, and it is uh, safe and sound. Hopefully, they're able to still be able to use it. It is so much history in Debrim, and I know I love going out there and doing games. I'm glad they got that back. And the last piece of news that I want to share with you is a couple of days ago, Alex Swiger is a young man who uh, played football and baseball at Ada and was headed to Clark State to play baseball. He was in a car accident. He passed away. And uh, I just want to extend my thoughts and prayers to his entire family. I sort of loosely know his dad through uh, 
a chain of events and just good people and my heart goes out to them for everything that's going on with that i i know all too well right now how that feeling is and uh thinking of them praying for their entire family as i hope you do as well coming up here in just a few talk to uh, martise kimbrough about life in spain and life in the pros during an epidemic Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Back here on the show now, uh, talking to Spanish pro Martez Kimbrough and uh, a uh, long journey, LCC to Indianapolis, to Finley, to Spain. And from what I was reading, eventually you found your way back from uh, Spain and ended up back in Lima. So after uh, leaving, leaving Spain for, during this season, during this um, COVID? Yeah, that, that was kind of a, an awkward trip and kind of a long way to get thousands of miles back home. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was tough. Um, you know, obviously when it first happened, we everyone was kind of confused and wasn't really sure how to how to take it, how serious everything was. At least I did it, um, especially being in different countries. But my whole timeline on social media is predominantly like from America, so it was weird. Um, but once the NBA canceled, I figured that it was all right. Now it's being a lot more serious, so I ended up coming home almost like a few days after. I want to say like March fourteenth and. Getting home, it, it took probably about 25 hours in total just to get back to America. Um, just dealing with the airports and the lines and being tested. So, uh, yeah, man, since, since the shutdown happened, I've, I've been back in America. So it, it's unfortunate that the season had to come to an end so shortly. But, you know, what can we do about it? And it's kind of weird because you got to go to all of the places where when people draw up maps, oh, Madrid and Paris and Atlanta – but you didn't draw it up that way because, you know, you got to see the inside of the airport more than anything. Yeah, yeah, it was, like I said, it was just, it was a different experience, really, because the airports were just filled with people who were trying to come back to America. So, you know, people, everyone's wearing masks, everybody's kind of rushing, and nobody wanted to touch anyone or be next to anyone. So it was, it was different. It was like the wildest airport experience I've had, and, even just getting off of the plane probably took like an hour just because everyone was getting tested. So it was uh, it was something new for all of us. And as far as basketball itself goes, uh, I saw the Finley has a really nice piece on you, and it talks about how it could not have come at a worse time, both for you personally or your team, with having that shutdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... At the time, we the team was on a, a ten game win streak. We we had been beating some some pretty big teams in the league. You know, playoffs are going to be coming probably within like a month and a half. Uh, so we were we were on the road. We were finally grooving. Ten game win streak. I was playing well. I was averaging about in that ten game streak. I was probably averaging about seventeen points, leading our team. I was one of the league leaders in points. So everything was just was going pretty well. Uh, we were actually going to play the top team in the league that next game. 
Um, but it, it all just came to such a, a crazy just end. Um, but we had a good year, though. It was successful. You know, we'll see what happens next year. When you were actually there, Marabella, where your basketball team is, is in southern Spain, right? Correct. Yeah. Did, did you get to go out and kind of see anything before? I mean, I realize it'd be February and early March, but kind of go out and get to feel the culture a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So my, my, my first year, I was in a city called Tijon, which is directly north from my bed, just in, on the north side of Spain, on the beach. And if you look at the map and you go directly south to the south side of Spain, you'll see uh, Marbella. And this year, I made it a point that I was really going to take in the culture, soak it in, like really actually try to learn the language, um, experience a lot of new things. So if I wasn't at basketball practice or if I didn't have a game or taking care of some business at home, doing an interview, then I would make sure I was just out doing something because you never know. You don't want to take this, these things for granted. So being in the city that I was in, which is like the wealthiest city of um, Europe, I made sure every single day that I was doing something outside or going to the beach or just talking to people, talking to fans, uh, really just really trying to just embrace the culture and uh, live in the moment while I'm over there. See, that's what I was curious about when I saw it was where exactly it was till I looked it up. And I, I remember my wife did uh, studies overseas when she was in college. She was in Bilbao in northern Spain. And Ryan uh, Bruns even mm. talked about how when he was overseas, you know, he didn't get a lot of time. It was kind of hard for him as basically a seven-foot guy to try to hide. But that it it was, yeah. you better take the culture in because with the way the world is and even before the COVID, you didn't know if you were going to get another chance to go see it. Right, right, yeah. And, and I can understand him because I was, somewhat similar my rookie season like I, I i took advantage of my off time but you thought that you were a lot busier than what you really were um so then once you once i realized how much free time i actually did have uh you know i was i was doing as much as i could and like i said we were in the south of spain so like from our beach you could see africa um so we were right close to the um the border of africa um it was it was beautiful like i said it was the wealthiest city in spain so it was unlike anything I've ever really experienced. And I was curious, too, because with uh, Spanish culture, di their different regions are famous for different foods, and you can see, like you're saying, uh, Casablanca's not so far, Morocco, Marrakesh. What was mm -hmm. the food like in southern Spain? Man, it's some of the best food I've ever had. Like it, it, I already like seafood, and like I said, we were right on the beach. And you eat at a few different places for free over there as a as a professional athlete. So one of the places we ate at was a hundred yards away from the beach. So the food is always fresh. Um, it's a it's a it's a dish called paella. You can get paella really in all of Spain, but obviously they cook it differently depending on what region you're in. But where I was at, it was man, it was amazing. Paella, uh, a lot of different like pastas and things like that. Um. It's different meat. Basically, what we would call steak. It's stuff like that they make over here. So it's a little bit of everything, but the food is phenomenal for sure. Mediterranean food, everything. I think if I could get a plane ticket and get into Spain right now, I would probably be on the way to the airport. So thanks for that. Yeah, no problem, man. Probably me too. It's just funny because, you know, that's one of the things I remember 
most about uh, my wife was telling me about. She said, you just, you don't understand where, you know, we can uh, make versions of whatever here, but it does not compare. It's just something about whether it's the old school way or that they've done for hundreds and thousands of years or how they make this stuff. You don't understand it until the first time you put it in your mouth. Yeah, and she's, she's not wrong. Like, I, I think another huge difference is um, how much healthier the food is in Spain, and you can actually taste it and, like, feel it in a sense. Like, you don't really eat and feel, like, lazy or feel like you don't want to move. Like, you, when you're overseas, in Spain at least, and you eat, it's like, you, it gives you energy and you want to go do something. It's not very greasy or a lot of different sauces on it. It's very, like, healthy and, and light on you. Uh, so that was one thing that I noticed, and I noticed that it helped me as an athlete, just by feeling better every single day. Well, plus they're cool with nap time. And they're cool with nap time. Yeah. <laughs> and they get it. Like, that's <laughs> what Ryan told me, too. You know, he had to kind of adjust to, oh, this thing might not be open because what time is it in the afternoon? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, called Siesta. Um, I don't know if he talked to you about that much, but basically, um, instead of them always having their mind like on a dollar or having their mind on working all day, it's like between, I want to say, like 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. or 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., the majority of the businesses were just were shut down during those hours. And all the employees would just go home, eat with their family, sit, relax, ask how their day was going, just, Things like that, they're just big on, excuse me, big on family tradition and eating a home-cooked meal instead of, you know, going to like a McDonald's or a Burger King or something and just eating on the go. Uh, so that was one thing that caught my eye that was really cool that they were so huge on spending time with um, family, relaxing your mind, relaxing your body, and not worrying so much about work, 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 work all day. Um, so that was, that was one of the things I noticed that I really liked about their culture. Coming out of Finley, how did you kind of get hooked up or how did you make that transition to going to play in Spain? Uh, honestly, for me, it wasn't as tough. Just, I, had a, I had a pretty solid career. So by the time that my, my days at Finley were over with, a lot, of agents, a lot of agents reached out to me on whether it was through email, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case may be. I know Aja reached out um, to our head coach at Finley, Charlie Hunt, and, so, and me and him sat down and, and we talked about agents and things like that. So the main thing was just picking an agent that you that you trust and that you want to work with, and that he's going to put you in the best position. And after that, they kind of take care of, you know, talking to the different teams and stuff like that. So um, I have a pretty good agency, and they've been they've been doing a good job for me so far. I know with being in Spain, there's a huge time difference. You talked about Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. How much, how, uh, really, how cool was it? Because I, I know I saw a lot of it when you went over at first to have people from home just constantly, all right, what's he doing? You know, when can I watch it? Where can I watch it? Sort of supporting from all the way across the world. Man, honestly, it's crazy. Like, it's, you feel it because you're not in it anymore you're you're way across the water and i'm six hours ahead when i'm in spain so when people reach out just to say like you know good job or congratulations or whatever 
watch a game, whatever the case may be. For me personally, like I'm super appreciative of that stuff to have people still supporting you and wanting to see you succeed, even from all the way across the, the water and being from a city like Lima, where it's like, you know, a lot of negativity gets highlighted. Uh, so for stuff like that, I, I think that's super cool. Um, and I'm appreciative of it, but it's hard to keep up with, for me to keep up with people sometimes just because I'm six hours ahead. So when things are getting busy here in America, I'm probably asleep in Europe. So I'm always kind of either, I'm always pretty behind when it gets, when it comes to like news and information. That's uh, not that long ago I had Jared Hoying. He's playing in Korea, and he's playing the Korean Baseball League, and he kind of said the same thing of, you know, it, it's easy for them because, you know, they're not necessarily caught up in work or everything that they've got going on trying to, to make it, but it's it's so neat. I, I love, and I can't imagine how guys who went over before social media became that big thing to not be able to see all the time and just kind of connect and see what you're up to. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, we actually talk about that a lot too. Like, I don't know how guys did it without social media. Uh, and, and to be honest, sometimes, you know, social, you get on social media at night, but throughout the day, like, you're so caught up in doing other things that, at least for me, you don't really think about it. And sometimes fans are, are on the social media. So sometimes you might be getting attacked or something like that. So you got to kind of learn to win and when not to, to block that out. Uh, but yeah, it, it's real interesting. It's a it's a complete life adjustment for sure. When you it was put to me this way, when you came home, sort of so to speak, from Indianapolis to Finley, Terrence Sullivan's there, yeah. and it seemed like you know Finley's not that far from Lima. Every game is packed out with folks from the Bean just rooting you guys on. Yeah, man, it's, it's the Bean. We gotta we gotta stick together. And, you know, Terrence, with him him going to Bath and me growing up predominantly, like most of the, most of my school years, a city school kid, my family went to city schools, and then I went to LCC for high school. So it was like a lot of those people also came to the game. So if you came to a Finney game between like 2014 and 2018, uh, most of the, half of the fans would be like at least from Lima, uh, which that was always cool to see because it, like you said, it, it felt it was already a home game, but now it really felt like it was a game that was being hosted in Lima or something like that. So little things like that definitely helps you you play better. Talk about your time at LCC. One of, uh, I remember my favorite moments, is when you hit the three in the state title game right before the half, I remember looking over and seeing kind of the smile on your face of, well, that's a nice moment. I mean, we're we're obviously we're rolling at this point, but I that's got to feel just unbelievable to to make that work. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that game was crazy, uh, and I, I can obviously never forget that game. But just working so hard your whole life for, for that moment and, and having that goal, and especially at that time at LCC when we it was it was like us and Ottawa Glendorf every year one of us putting each other out the tournament. So I had lost to them my sophomore and junior year. So the senior year came, and I think that game, that state championship game, it was just like when I made that shot at halftime and, you know, I, I got caught up in my emotions in that moment. But I think that was just just a product of, you know, all that, all the hard work and losing two years consecutively. And so just letting that all out in that moment. Um, so, 
So yeah, that, that game was that game was classic for sure. We talked a little bit before we went on about you said that you're going to see Frank kill before long, and I said I was sorry to hear that. Um, but <laughs> multiple people, when they saw that you were going to be on, asked, "What is your favorite Frank Kill moment? Whether it comes in practice or in the <laughs> locker room, and it's it's got to be, you know, I I I know how this goes. It's got to be uh, somewhat interesting to to be around him. I I love Frank. I I give him crap all the time, but I, I love him, and he's obviously a very smart gentleman. Don't tell him I said that." <laughs> I got you. Um, man, the the funniest coach kill moment. Man, it's, it's so many. I, it's so many locker room moments, or just being in, in the bus of the, the van. Uh, man, I have to say, we used to <laughs> we used to do like these different dances in the locker room. Um, when it probably started my my sophomore year, actually. And then each year we just had like different like team dances we would do in the locker room just to get us prepared. Uh, you know, my senior year it was a, it was a global dance called it was called the Nene. And um, <laughs> is there a video of this? I, I actually think I have a video on my phone. Um, <laughs> so we we win the state championship. We win the state championship. We go in the locker room. We're all in there dancing like me, like his head is exactly sense. Like everybody went in there just dancing, excited. All of a sudden, like, Coach Kill walks in, everybody's like, hey! And he just starts, like, hitting the name in front of everybody, like him, the whole coaching staff, and we're all just going crazy, throwing water everywhere. Um, I, I got a video, actually, of, of Crestview's head coach at the time, when they won state that year. He started, like, hitting the worm in the locker room after they won state. Um, there's little stuff like that, I think, is stuff that, to me, that stands out the most after time passes. Well, and it's funny, too, because you look at that team and what stands out to me is the immense amount of talent from one city on that team. And the guys that you talked about obviously all go on to play high college basketball and are going to do big things in the pros as well. But I mean, that's, you know, that lineup, I, and I was looking through books the other day, that lineup is just, I know how hard that team works because Frank's talked about it but just crazy talented and had to be a lot of fun to go on the floor and know, all right, when it comes down to it, they've got my back, I've got theirs. Yeah, I would say that, was, that right there was probably the best part because, you know, people saw us at LCC, but as far as at the core of our of our starting five that year and even some, some people that came off the bench, we have been playing together in AAU since we were in fourth grade. So, you know, we were used to playing in big games against other players, the best players in the country. You know, so by the time it came to my senior year and where I stayed, it was like, okay, we, we've been here before. Maybe not in this specific game, but, you know, we are the, the stage isn't too big for us. You know, so it, it's cool to look back now after we've continued our careers and it makes that team seem like, you know, a lot better. Um but yeah, it, that was that was that was cool, man. Playing like X, Trey Cobbs, and Fez, uh, Jake Williams are also not starting five. Just to have people to your left and to your right that you know are going to ride with you until the end, um, and work just as hard as you for this common goal. Uh, so it, it makes the season just a lot more fun, and, and the practice is even more competitive. I was told a story 
that you okay. are part of the reason that New Bremen will not play Lima Central Catholic again. <laughs> is that, I don't know. I haven't heard that one. Um, part of the reason is because of people who don't know, that's the game you hit nine threes. New Bremen, again, reportedly, I was told the story. I'm just relaying what I was told. New Bremen said at the half okay. they would never play LCC again. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> you would have to talk to them about that. Maybe. So if that if that, that is um, true, then you know, no little kids ever get to play the Cardinals because of you. Because you went man, you I'm, went I'm full on uh, heat mode. Yeah, I, I'm sorry about that one, man. I, I can't, I can't <laughs> apologize for that one. No, um, yeah, New Bremen, my, my senior year, I don't even, I wasn't thinking. It was just kind of just being in the zone, uh, what I call it. Um, and when you play with somebody like Xavier, it, it's easy to, it's, our games feed off of each other very well. So if I wasn't creating for myself, him or, him or Trey would just drive and kick it to me, and I was just knocking it down, man. You know me. If, if anyone see me play, like I, I play, I'm, I'm very confident when I play. And the first few shots went in, so it was like almost, you know, the, the basket got a lot bigger. After that, you know, the first one went in, the second one went in. Before you know it, the fifth one went in. I think I made like nine threes that game. Uh, I always give Coach Kale a hard time actually because he, uh, I, only, I only played three quarters. I didn't even play in the fourth quarter, so I always give him a hard time just to. I mean, he can't. Me in for a couple more minutes just to see what would have happened. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's cool. That was, that was probably one of the more fun games of my career. Um, yeah, a lot of people who don't know, I, I didn't even play in the fourth quarter of that game. Oh, I, I've heard that story a lot of different ways throughout the years. <laughs> he hit nine, he just started <laughs> yeah. putting everything. But if I remember right, you were pretty efficient. I think nine of 13 in that game. And it was just kind of one of those things where early on, just you kind of knew everything was going to go down that night. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty efficient game, and I, I kind of train that way. Um, I train like for makes, so I I shoot a lot of threes, but um, I'm, I'm normally pretty efficient each year, so that's always a plus side. But but yeah, that game was that was one of my better games my senior year. I'm really confident building. I want to ask you a question about X because obviously you know seeing him and how hard he works every day. But when they make their run when he's at Michigan, uh, his sophomore and junior year, they make the run, they go to the finals, and he's on it, and they start talking about you know Lima, Ohio every time. I would imagine if you got to see a game, you hear them, that brings pride to you being part of that. But also, did it surprise you? I mean, everybody kind of – Oh, the, where's this the Xavier Simpson and, and you know where did he come from and all this? Just kind of now everybody's seeing what you saw on a daily basis on a national scale. Yeah, and it's funny because it's that's something that we we've always talked about as friends, like since we were younger, and, and, and even now, like half of our conversations now, like we don't even talk about basketball. But to see not only X or myself, but even Taryn Dakota, like Benitez is about to be a professional player here soon. For us, it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like we expected it to happen. It's just coming from a city like Lima that's so small, you don't naturally get as much media attention as a place like Columbus or New York or Chicago or something. So it, the talent was always there, and we, we knew that we could be just as good as these people who are ranked so high. 
It's just that to, we, to us, it was always like the rest of the world had to catch up. But to see everybody being successful in their own path, like for us, it, like we, we're each other's biggest fans. We, we text and we talk on social media all the time. Uh, so to see each one of us be successful, it, it's really no surprise because I, I can truly say out of at least our generation of athletes, not even just basketball, but athletes, everyone is a hard worker, supportive of each other. So it was only a matter of time before things started to unfold. So to, and to, to see it be one of your friends and, and anybody from Lyman, it just, it really inspires you and makes you want to keep going and keep going and push the limits so that the next wave of young athletes can go even further. And speaking of the next wave of young athletes, coming up, you have your own basketball camp on August the 3rd and the 4th, uh, grade 6 through 8, 9 through 12 p.m., uh, K through 5, 1 through 4 p.m. How, I, I realize it's a lot of work right now, but how cool is that to be able to say, okay, these camps, we had all these pros win and all these great teachers when I was a kid. Now I'm the guy who is able to give back to the next generation. Man, it's it, honestly a dream come true. Because I remember coming up, you know, and going to other basketball camps. For example, going to T-Bird camp, which was so legendary as a kid. I remember um, one year, Clay Tucker came in to speak. Jamar Brother came in to speak another year. And I was that kid who, who would be sitting down and actually listening and soaking in the information that they were giving us. And I told myself that I wanted to have my, my own camp one day. So to be able to go through the experiences that I went through and, and give that back to the people, to, to the youth is, you know, that to me, that, that means a lot. Um, not only myself, but the other people that I have, that I plan on having uh, to work the camp, or that I worked it last year. I wanted it to be strictly professional athletes, just so the kids there can, can see that it's actually possible for Northwest Ohio. And maybe I'm not the messenger for somebody, but maybe like another person can be the messenger for the kids. So just to, just to have them around, you know, that type of atmosphere, that type of energy, I, I think can help change like the trajectory of a lot of kids' future. How many uh, challenges have you had? with this camp and this actually came from uh jason geyser from walao he wanted to know about this of how were the challenges for you doing it this year with everything extra you had to do with covid and everything going on it was tough i actually was supposed to have a camp in spain but obviously that got cut short i had to come home and then for this camp that'll be here in lima uh in the beginning of august I think the toughest thing was this. It's not, it wasn't really too different from last year's schedule. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, if, if parents will, will be comfortable sending their kids. And I understand if not, uh, we're pre- prepared to like, take all type of procedures or uh, precautions uh, to make sure everyone's okay as far as, like, with, with, with COVID. But other than that, and I, I think it's, it's really the norm. It hasn't really been anything, nothing too different. It's just a matter of actually having the camp. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I, I think it'll be successful either way. And if, and if there's something unfortunately happens and you can't have it, then, you know, at least we're prepared to have it, you know? So, um, it hasn't really been too, too tough this time around more so than just worrying if we're going to be able to have it or not. You've got uh, a lot of things going on and you talk about the instruction 
skills training, five on five. There's contests, basketball lectures, a Q and A, and every kid gets a T-shirt and an autograph. How <laughs> how much of this are you looking forward to uh, of just being able to to maybe connect with a kid and say, all right, you know, I'm from here. I put the work in. I did this. You can do this. We can hear your name one day. Man, to me, I, I genuinely enjoy doing that because it, Lima, not even just Lima, Northwest Ohio has a lot of talent and not even just sports, but in anything. But with us having really a lot of smaller cities in this area, sometimes you don't get, you know, certain privileges or advantages that kids from bigger cities have. So with not only myself, but with some others, having these experiences and, and doing these things, traveling, to, you you have to give it back. And, and when I was younger, I had mentors like Travis Wall and Jamar Butler, Clay Tucker, guys like that. Um, so now I think there's even a, a bigger pool of us now that are doing big things, whereas back then it was a few people. So I think things have changed over time as long as you keep like giving back. Like Those two people gave back to us, and now you got a pool of people who are playing high-level football, baseball, basketball. So I think if we continue that, you'll have an even bigger pool of kids five, ten years from now doing big things at, at a big level. I would like to see how now, because, again, he says he was a decent baller back in the day. I'd like to see uh, camp instruction of you and Frank Kill one-on-one. Oh, me, me and him play one-on-one? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm down <laughs> to do that anytime, <laughs> any day. There's we your YouTube video sure. right there. That's a nice YouTube video right there. That might go viral. <laughs> Maybe for the wrong reasons. Go viral. <laughs> he, Maybe he might, I, get, I need one, he might get a one, couple. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably. Uh, if I get the ball, then I want to try to keep <laughs> the ball the rest of the game. <laughs> and we're playing make it take it. He's the old guy. He's talking about his old his old stories where, you know, he was he was on some pretty good teams and he's had some great teams. But uh, people want to learn more about your camp. Where can they go? Yeah, so you can go to marquisecambro.com. www.marquisecambro.com. Um, there's a tab that says uh, camp, I believe. You can go in there. Uh, it'll, it'll have a, a photo of the flyer. You can... Sign up and register for the camp right there. You can you can pay online, like through uh, your card, through your PayPal account, or you can click the option of paying in cash. And so you'll register there. I'll get a notification, and then on the day of the camp, um, you can make your payment. Also on on all social media, you can just type in Marquis Kimbrough, and I'll have the the first thing you'll see is a camp flyer plastered everywhere. Um, so, like I said, www.marquisekimbrough.com or just type in Kimbrough on any social media platform and you'll find out all the information that you need about uh, the camp. That's August 3rd and 4th, boys and girls. I thank you so much for doing this, and uh, if I can help in any way promote the camp or anything going on, please let me know. For sure. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was a good conversation. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I, I Again, I've followed what uh, you have going on and a lot of uh, a lot of pride I, I live obviously in Spencerville outside of Lima but 
the bean and everybody succeeding is a big thing. And I, I'm just so glad to see that you're able to do that. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the continuous support. Um, and you, you highlight in some, some things of different athletes around this area. So we need people like that also. So we appreciate you as well. Hey, some can ball, some can talk. That's kind of how that goes. <laughs> exactly. There I was a go. terrible shooter, so I got to shoot my shot with a microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, you, you're doing that pretty well. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it. That's Martise Kimbrough talking yeah, about no the problem. basketball camp. Find it online at martisekimbrough.com. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Big thanks to Martise Kimbrough for being the guest on the show this week and talking about his basketball camp, August 3rd and 4th. More information available at martisekimbrough.com. And I hope that young kids go out and do that. Just a wealth of knowledge. And he talked about everybody who's a part of this. They're all pros. Uh, the wealth of knowledge that we have from guys in this area is just ridiculous. And I hope that anyone who uh, wants to be a hooper or their kid wants to be good, that uh, they they take that seriously because he's going to do a terrific job as will the folks helping him out. I wanted to record this earlier in the week. I, I thought I was going to have it out on Thursday, but the world sort of took over. Um, with today being my birthday and how I sit recording this, I wanted to kind of continue to honor my parents. These are two of my favorite voicemails, and I wanted to share this with uh, both unfortunately being gone now I laugh and I cry a little bit every time I hear this, but uh, this is uh, this is something I played last week, but I want to play both for you to understand why I smile when I think of my parents. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mikey. Happy birthday to you. Hey, it's 10.26. I'm going to pick Grandma about 11 o'clock, come back to Lima. Did you want to go to lunch someplace? Give me a call. Love you, bye. We did go to lunch, and it was amazing. Uh, anytime you get free sushi, I, I'm not going to complain. Uh, this is one my dad passed away in 2015 that he left me, and this always makes me smile, too. I just called to say happy birthday. Have a good time. I love you, man. If you got the opportunity to meet my parents, they uh, they were one of a kind. That's what I have for this week's show. Again, big thanks to Martise Kimbrough for being a part of uh, Around the Hearn. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by, for listening. If you uh, want to be on the show, if you have someone you think should be on the show, you can tweet me at Michael Hearn PVP, and uh, I'm not a hard person to find. In the words of my mom, later, bye. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. 
Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.